Hey everyone, my name is Dr. Dolores Tarver. I'm a licensed psychologist here in Georgia, and it is time for the tea. So I created Tea Time with Dr. Tarver as a means to be able to share information with people, provide additional resources, allow people to think about their wellness journey. Now, of course, this is not a substitute for counseling, but it is an opportunity for people to think about and try to set some goals for themselves in terms of, hey, where do I wanna be? What are some things that I could potentially be working on? What may be some areas that I need to explore? And so for the month of December, what I wanna be able to do is talk to people about different aspects of relationships that have affected us. So as we know, holidays can be a time where you really do think about the types of relationships you have in your life. It may be that you're gathering around family. There may be some different dynamics in there that bring up areas of concern or stress for people. That's also a time when people start thinking about dating relationships. How's this going? How's my marriage going? Am I in a position where I want to make some changes in my relationships? It's a period where I think we evaluate where, where we have been over the course of the year as we move into December and think about the new year. So it's a really good opportunity for us to simply reflect on relationships. Uh, and so that being said, this is going to be a series that looks at a few different aspects of relationships. And I wanna start off by addressing what happens when we grow up in environments where we see avoidant relationships or, or people that just aren't available for whatever reason. And that begins to be a foundation for how we develop into relationships. So the title for this actually came from my pastor, Dr. Curtis West, who uh, said in his sermon on, sun on Sunday that sometimes we have these empty spaces, these voids. And I think that's a good title for today is dealing with our empty spaces, what happens when people have been absent or avoidant in our lives. So let's talk about how that affects us. Um, I think a lot of times when people think about processing past relationships and how they got to the place of where they are, there is this concern that, oh, hey, I don't want to get stuck in the area. I don't want to bring up old stuff and, and stay on it and not be able to move forward. And I will tell you that I think there is room for both and that it's important for both. I need to unpack it, whatever it was that led me to be who I am in relationships, how I've been affected by the things that I saw. But also as I move forward, what is my wellness plan for what I want in relationships? How do I wanna show up and be healthy? So if I wasn't able to see healthy dynamics growing up, what kind of changes can I make for myself to be able to be better than the people that you know were in, an influence in my life early on? So what does that look like? Um, well, I think that any wellness plan has as a part of it goals not fantasy because i think a lot of times we have these fantasy views of what relationships are supposed to look like oh if there's conflict it wasn't meant to be when conflict is a part of relationships we love and care about people there's going to be conflict so i need to figure out how not to avoid the conflict but how to work through it conflict intimacy right being able to have these challenges and be able to see our way through them in healthy ways now that is not to be confused with chaos that can happen in relationships. So I don't want people just constantly arguing because that is not conflict intimacy. That is probably some problems with communication. But we wanna be able to have specific goals, a plan. What am I working on? 
How do I know that I'm being different? How do I know that I'm making progress? There has to be a component of evaluation. There also has to be this component of accountability. What is going to encourage me to continue to work on me? That's an important part. I need to be evaluating that and assessing that. So that's how I know if I'm making progress. Because if I just say like, hey, I'm going to be better, but I don't actually have a plan for what that's going to look like. There's no specific measurable and observable goals. Then how do I truly know I'm better? And I will ask people, but if they don't even know what my goals are, it might be difficult for them to weigh in on that. So as we move through this series over the next few weeks, then we're going to be talking about what are some specific ways that I can make the type of changes that I want to make in my life to be able to be better in these relationships. Um, so again, today we're going to unpack avoidance and that is whether people were absent from us physically, spiritually, financially, uh, emotionally, or if we saw these avoidant patterns, right? So people didn't deal with conflict. They were uncomfortable with it. Maybe they didn't follow through. Um, maybe they weren't honest about who they could be or where they could be in my life or underdeveloped problem solving skills, right? So when we avoid opening the mail sometimes because we don't want to face what's in there, we can do that in relationships too. Like, I don't want to ask too many questions. I don't want to really talk about this because what if I'm not able to handle what is really going on in this relationship? So let's talk about some, di some different scenarios. What would avoidant behavior look like? What would not being present look like in these relationships uh, I'm sure that all of us probably have an example of when somebody wasn't there for us and it may not necessarily have been intentional but nonetheless we felt hurt uh, maybe betrayed by a person not being there maybe not important maybe not valued right so maybe it was a sports event that you didn't show up for or academic event maybe it was something in the community where I was being featured or participating Perhaps it was an event at a faith-based institution or something that was for my spiritual well-being. And I wanted you to be there, to be in that moment with me. And you simply weren't, weren't there. Might have been family gatherings you said you were going to show up for. It, it might have been you saying you're going to pick me up and you didn't come. It may be uh, you said you were going to help me with something financially or, or a project or um, an event that I was planning and you didn't show up. You didn't, you didn't call. You just didn't come. You weren't there. Uh, there are a lot of, I think, examples of us having expectations of people being able to be present in our lives simply because of their roles in relation to us. Maybe you're a mother, a father, an aunt, an uncle, a grandparent, um, a sibling. And, you know, I'm looking to you with this expectation that you're going to show up for me in, in a way that I would show up for you. Or, or even if I don't show up, I still might have the expectation that you show up for me. Uh, maybe, maybe you had people in your life who were addicted to substances. And so they couldn't be there for you because they were in the throes of addiction. Maybe they were incarcerated uh, and they physically could not be there with you because of you know, them being behind um, bars in, in an institution, maybe a mental health facility. Uh, perhaps it is someone who was in the military or worked overseas or their job just had them on the road a lot and they weren't able to be present for you. And so there was this longing for this person to be there and, and they weren't. Um, maybe it was people ghosting you in your life. Uh, first you're around and we're talking and things are good and then you just disappear. That could be somebody I'm dating, that could be a friend, that could even be a, a coworker and you just stop communicating with me and you're, you're not present anymore and I have no idea 
what happened. And so I'm left to speculate about what did I do um, or, or what's going on, right? And, and the type of things that that fuels in my thoughts, because of course, you know, our thoughts can, can make us prisoners um, of our own minds. Maybe something happened in terms of a sexual assault or abuse or someone doing something really painful to you and somebody didn't believe you. Uh, maybe, maybe your sister took that, that person she was dating side. Maybe your, your father um, said you were being fast. Maybe your grandmother said, well, baby, don't worry about it. People are not going to be nice all the time, but we just love them and pray anyway, right? So I, I wasn't validated. People didn't show up for me in my pain. Um, or maybe I had to leave. Maybe something happened and people said I'm the problem. And so I was the one that was made to leave the family. And so I'm dealing with the, the pain of that, of, right, you all are going to just ship me away, send me off, and you go on with your lives as if I didn't exist. And, and the hurt that comes along with that, maybe, maybe you saw people being hurt in your life, people mistreating them. Um, and, and them just continuing to stay there. These people not showing up for them. Maybe you have family members that were always cooking for people and, and, and sheltering them and offering them money only to have people not pay them back or, um, tear up things or mistreat them in some way. Um, and them just not be present. And so then emotionally that's affecting them. And so they can't, they can't be present for you. Um, maybe you were dating somebody that was dating other people and you thought, well, surely this, this person is going to choose me at the end of the day. And, and maybe they didn't, uh, maybe they weren't present for you. Maybe, maybe they weren't there. So all of these things affect us, the, the broken promises, the, the dates that people didn't show up for the friendship outings that I plan and, and, and you don't come. Um, but I always show up for you, right? All of those things that affect us in a variety of ways. Um, so what does that end up looking like? How does that end up affecting us? Uh, a lot of different ways. One way is that oftentimes we have feelings of abandonment. So we don't feel like people are going to be there for us. There is this constant fear that people will leave us. And in that fear of people leaving us, then we begin to accept any type of treatment just simply to have someone there. And so maybe how you were affected is you become codependent in relationships. You are looking for other people to validate your worth, to choose you, to pick you. And so you put all of your needs and your feelings aside and you just allow this person to treat you any way that they want to simply because they will be there. It leads to feelings of inadequacy. It leads to insecurities. I don't, I don't feel like I have value because look at all the people that have not been present for me in my life. So surely it must be me. It can't be all these people. So I'm defective. You know, I'm damaged in some kind of way. I think we also can end up getting to a point where we have difficulty letting go of people or things. We begin to hoard people. <laughs> we don't want to let them go. We want to, it doesn't matter how long it's been. This person has been in and out. They've been inconsistent, but I don't want to actually let this relationship go. 
You've been hurtful to me. You've said some mean, ugly, nasty things to me. Like you continuously mistreat me. But I have this fear of, of letting go of you because what if at some point you become better? Maybe I just didn't give you enough time. I think it also leads to this difficulty with losses. So when people leave us, it affects us in these very painful ways. So maybe I'm not eating, I'm not sleeping, or I'm overeating, um, using substances. Like I just cannot deal with, I don't feel like another person leaving me. It might even get me to a place where I feel suicidal, where I just feel like I literally cannot see a life without this person because I've come to love this person more than I feel like I love myself. And so the idea of them not being there literally causes me unbearable pain. I think we tend to internalize, um, you know, again, ourselves as being defective to a point where now I don't even recognize who I am anymore in these relationships. What are my patterns? <laughs> I, I have no understanding. Um, and, and that can go in the other direction too, because I also can get to the point where I'm mistrustful of people and I don't want to open myself up. I don't want to be open and honest and transparent because you're going to take that and you're going to abuse that. You're going to use that and you're going to leave me. So I keep myself closed off. I keep myself isolated. I don't emotionally connect. My relationships are superficial, if I even would call them that. And I'm able to engage maybe in sexual relationships because that doesn't require me to commit to anything. It just requires me to have, you know, a little bit of um, passion um, and some attraction and, and some horniness, frankly. But I, I'm not invested in this relationship. And so I might have multiple kids and not had a actual relationship in decades. Um, difficulty expressing myself, expressing emotions, not being able to be present, not being able to be empathetic with people. Um, like, I don't understand your perspective. It doesn't even make sense to me. So I don't know why you keep continuing to talk to me about that. Being easily frustrated and irritated with people, using people. You know, people serve as a mechanism to get things you need, not because you're actually invested in the relationship. I think there can be a lot of resentment developed and so we begin to personalize. And so now I am putting onto this other person something that someone else did to me. I see you as this person. Um, because we end up, you know, just reenacting these situations that we've seen, these negative experiences, these negative emotions, um, and I don't consider emotions to be negative. I won't say negative emotions, emotions that bring up considerable pain for us. We begin to recreate opportunities to re-experience those emotions again. Just get numb sometimes. Like I'm just going through the motion and I find myself being in these relationships, but I haven't been present in there. They've just existed. You know, we can move from one relationship to another without ever really taking roots in those relationships and and I think that you know we get to a point where our fears overcome us our anxieties overcome us and you know now I'm, I'm having difficulty saying no uh, or all I'm saying is no and so I I don't know how to build a healthy foundation in a relationship because I didn't I didn't see that um, so then I become the one that's avoiding I become the one that's not keeping promises. I become the one that's not being honest about what I can really give a person 
or I put so much on this person to feel this hole in my soul, to feel this void that I become overwhelming for them to deal with. And, and that's part of the reason why people continue to leave me because they feel like I am a lot to manage and they just simply don't have the emotional reserve to be able to handle that. Um, we can have problems at work too, just difficulty sustaining any kind of work relationships, conflict with our coworkers. It doesn't have to be always romantic relationships and it doesn't necessarily always have to be relationships with our family. Uh, we may just, oh, I don't wanna work with anybody, can't trust people, they're not going to get their work done, um, right? Like you always wanna be the one, well, let me, I'll do it, I'll send it in, I'll proofread it out because I wanna make sure that I have control over how this, this turns out because I don't believe that you're gonna really be there in the end that you're gonna do your part. Um, and then, you know, there's this perception, I think that the world is unsafe and that people are going to exploit you or harm you. That can be another outcome of people just not being present, right? So literally we end up with our foundation being rocky. It's not secure at all. So if I can't securely attach to people early on in my life, then how am I going to be able to attach to people later on in my life if I don't address that issue of being unable to attach or connect because people weren't there to show me how to do that in a healthy way. So I told you all it's important to kind of unpack and understand, but then the other part of that is what's gonna be my plan to be well, to be healthy, to not continue to take on these characteristics and, and reenact these unhealthy patterns in my life. Assessing the damage, that's always important. How am I affected? What did I see? What did I learn? Because we do what we see. Even though I say, I don't wanna grow up and be like this person, guess what? <laughs> I'm gonna grow up and be like this person because that, those were the behaviors that were modeled for me and I didn't learn other healthy ways to do things. Write it down. I think it's important for us to see what exactly we're dealing with. And that leads to awareness. Oftentimes we don't know what our patterns are in relationships and we make assumptions that other people are the same as us. They think the same way that we do. Their experiences have been the same and that's simply not true. In fact, as you can see, people that have uh, dealt with folks being avoidant or not present in their lives, you can grow up to be a lot of different variations in terms of your personality and in terms of your relationship patterns. So let me write it down. Let me actually take some time and sit with how I was affected, either by people not being there for me or people not dealing with things. And sometimes it's important for us to just sit and connect with that pain. And I know we don't like pain. We don't like discomfort. Everybody wants to be happy and joyful or at the very least not sad. Um, but that's an important part of us too. We, the range of emotions we experience are because we need to experience them. Now, that doesn't mean you have to sit in it forever, but it does mean I need to take stock emotionally of how this affected me. And let me reflect on my patterns. What am I repeating? What am I doing? What are some examples of things that I do that remind me of experiences that I had, of what people did to me? And it might look a little different because I may say, well, I'm there for people, but how am I there for people? Am I just present physically, but I'm not present emotionally? Is this just something I'm checking off my list? Like, okay, well, this is what I need to do, but I'm not invested in it. Do I really care about this interaction with this person or, or this event? 
So it's important that we recognize it may not look exactly the same, but it could still be a pattern of avoidance or it could still be a pattern of not being being present. Um, how am I protecting myself from from the hurt of this? Because all of us find ways to try to mitigate the damage, decrease the effects of the pain, buffer, if you will. So I'm doing something. I have some kind of behavior that I'm engaging in. Maybe I'm choosing people that I feel are less likely to leave me because they're not necessarily even on my level to date. So they're going to be so happy that I'm here. I'm not attracted to this person. I don't have anything in common with this person, but they think I'm amazing. So I'm going to be with this person simply because in my mind that protects me from being left and which is completely unfair to this other person. Right. So that might be a way that I'm protecting myself. Maybe I'm protecting myself by saying, well, I'm not going to get in any relationships with people. Maybe I'm protecting myself by getting in multiple relationships. <laughs> so I feel like, well, if I just, you know, try a bunch of different folks, surely somebody's going to stay around. I'll always have somebody that's present. And so in my wellness plan, I want to be looking at, okay, who am I actually attempting to be in relationships with? What are the dynamics of those relationships? What am I getting from this relationship? How am I utilizing this relationship to potentially fill a void or a need? What is it that I actually do need versus what is it that I'm using um, to either get something I want to buffer some negative experience or to offset whatever that I, I'm afraid might happen in this. You know, it may be that you need some assistance with that. So maybe you'll need to uh, seek a therapist to better understand your pattern. Maybe you can't see it. Sometimes when it's us, we have difficulty seeing it, whereas other people can see it because it's not them. Maybe you need a life coach. Maybe you want to have a spiritual advisor or mentor that you're going to, but someone outside of you who may be able to help you identify the patterns that you can't see. I think it's important that we identify our avoidance triggers too, right? So what am I avoiding? And what is causing me to avoid things? And that means you have to be able to connect with your emotions. And I know a lot of people think uh, emotions aren't important. Emotions are super important when you're talking about connections. And then how do I soothe myself? Like, so instead of me, when I get anxious and afraid, because when we act out of fear, we often end up doing things that may not necessarily be healthy for us. Um, so let me try to manage the fear. Right? Meditation, it might be journaling. It may be talking to someone for support. Uh, it may be um, yoga. It might be uh, let me um, get involved in an organization, something that makes me feel like I'm doing something of worth of value. Let me affirm myself. Like, let me figure out what it is I need to be able to get out of this place of angst. Uh, maybe I just need to create a, a plan. So I can see myself out of this. Hey, this is short term. This is temporary. This is what you're going through. You've experienced this before. This is how you were able to handle it. It may be ending unhealthy relationships. And I think sometimes we don't recognize that a lot of our anxiety is coming from the types of relationships that we're in. And so if I, if I get rid of those relationships that are unhealthy for me, then my anxiety level goes down because am I feeding it? And oftentimes we are by the choices that we make in terms of relationships that we're in. Um, and I, and I think it's important for us to understand, we don't want to rely on any one thing because if you have just one thing, one person, one strategy, what happens when that doesn't work in that particular situation? What might soothe me when I'm anxious today may not soothe me next week. 
So I need to have a variety of things. And this also helps uh, prevent the codependency piece too. So I'm not going to this one person and just pouring everything into them and expecting them to be there and drop everything and fix it. And then I'm mad with them when they can't be present for everything. So I need to have a variety of different strategies that I'm using. Breathing, progressive muscle relaxation, we're cognitive restructuring. I think a lot of times, again, how we perceive a situation affects the anxiety. So maybe I need to think about what are the core principles? What is, what is at the heart of me that I'm thinking that may be distorted and I need to replace it with something that's more accurate, something that's going to allow me to see the situation in more of a realistic way um, and, and one that's not self-deprecating. Skills training workshops, I am a big proponent of, hey, there's folks out here that's already done this thing. I may be able to get something online and do a six week, eight week journey with this and it allowed me to be able to successfully move through things. It might be an app, um, a lot of people like Noom, things that I can utilize to help me break these patterns and gives me accountability. Um, it may be that you are trying to figure out what do I want? Do I want to, do I want an app? Do I want a coach? Do I want a therapist? Do I want a spiritual advisor? What do I want? And I encourage you to do your research. There are a lot of people out here. Everybody's got a shingle um, hung up somewhere, but make sure that whoever you seek, whatever you utilize, that it is something that you can see evidence that it is effective, that there is some research involved in it. We call it evidence-based strategies in my field, but this has shown to be effective over time by a variety of people in similar situations. Make sure a person is trained, they're licensed, they're certified, whatever it is. Don't just go to people um, because like you have this void and you're just looking for someone and you attach to people that are unhealthy, thereby just again perpetuating these patterns that you already have. When this person isn't gonna be able to show up for you because they don't have the skills and training to be able to do that, then you're gonna be disappointed and right back in this pattern. So. Make sure you can interview people, you can get consultations. Take your time and select someone or an app or whatever it's gonna be, um, these coping strategies that can be effective and that have been shown to be effective. And, and keep those relationships personal. A lot of times we end up getting crushes on people that we work with, whether it's therapy or spiritual um, life coaches because I'm being vulnerable with this person and here is an opportunity to have a type of relationship, but I have to be mindful of what type of relationship it, this is. This is a working relationship. This is not an intimate, personal dating relationship. And just because I'm able to be open and honest with this person and they listen to me, they see me, doesn't mean that we're, we need to be dating. And so it's important that we keep that healthy boundary. So as you're choosing people, be mindful of that too. Maybe I wanna reduce my risk factors by not having a coach or a therapist or somebody that I might be attracted to. Um, Cause you know, we go and we look up folks profiles and pictures and be like, Ooh, it's a good looking person right there. I want to see them. But then I'm going to be tempted to mistake this relationship uh, that is supposed to be one that's building skills as very personal and different kind of relationship. So that's important. Um, the goal is, over time for us to utilize people less. So I need my therapist less, I need my life coach less, I need my spiritual advisor less, I rely on these friends less to come in and do crisis management, that I'm able to recognize what's going on, find some ways to soothe myself and deal with this. And then we have support people on the periphery, but they're not on the speed dial, so I'm not disappointed when they can't be there for every single thing. 
and then I don't tax overtax my relationships, right? So I want to be able to be reciprocal, whether where I give a support and they give a support, but not to a point where we are draining each other, which again will feed that avoidance behaviors. So at the end of the day, be honest with yourself, create a plan to be well, and most importantly, be encouraged.